Hey good people, this is Sharika, EB, and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up. What's good, Kickback family? Hopefully you are having a great day and you're listening to us in the final month of 2022. 2022 has flown by and I can't believe that it's already the end of the year in the month that we celebrate my birthday and Jesus birthday and all things I say all things a lot of things Mariah Carey this month (laughs) so that's um what I got for y'all um I don't think we'll ever officially retire that song but I just want to throw it out there that there's a lot of people who does very well with that same song so if you're interested in hearing other people sing um, All I Want for Christmas, um, just know that there's a multitude of people outside of Mariah Carey who sings that. So that's what I got for y'all as far as the song. And as far as my temp check, I would say I am currently sitting at about an 84. Um, it's about 20 something work days in the month of December. And I can tell you that your boy is only in the office for about four of those for this month of December, and I am excited about that. So you got me this week. You got me for like another two days somewhere down the line, and then that's about it. So, yeah, that's all I got. Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? I'm feeling a bit envious of you, EB. Wow, only a few days in the office this month. That sounds so nice. But I know you work hard all year long, so you deserve to rest and have a break. My temp is, what is my temp? My temp is, it is a 79. Um, I'm, I'm ready for the, when I left the house today, it was actually kind of cool, but I looked at the temperature and it was going to get up to the high 70s. And you know, that always bums me out this time of year. I'm like, we need it to be a little cool. I understand we don't need like, you know, 20 degrees. I'm not saying that, but can we be in the like 60s? That would be nice. Um, what else is going on? Um, I don't know. You know, I am excited to that it is the end of the year, and I'm like you, Evie. I can't believe that it is the end of the year already. It's crazy to think that we're in December. It still doesn't quite feel like Christmas, but I am embracing the Christmas spirit, and um, <clears throat> my uh, my. A song for today is, excuse me, one of my favorite Christmas songs. So I'm going to try to do a favorite Christmas song every week. Uh, Mine is Wonderful Christmas Time. I love that song. And it says, where are the words? Um, The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. That's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I just love that song, and it is Christmas time, and I'm hoping to have a wonderful Christmas time this season. I have a lot of exciting things coming up, hosting a Christmas brunch and movie this weekend, and um, I don't know what else, but, you know, families coming in town and just all kinds of things, so I'm excited about this Christmas time, so that's my tip. How are you doing, Sabrina? I'm doing great. I 
am really excited because my family is coming to town for the holidays. And I just can't wait. It's very rare that we're all together in the same place. So that's exciting. And there's just nothing like being around your people. I love being around my in-laws. It's great. But I just have a different vernacular, a different um, just spirit when I'm with the mother that, you know, I was formed in her womb. And my papa who raised me and my siblings, there's just going to be a lot of joking and trash talking and food and excitement. So I'm really excited to spend the holidays with my family. I want to say shout out to my dad who refused to get his COVID shot <laughs> um, because he's the reason we're not going on the Christmas cruise, <laughs> which is our original plan. But something better came out of it because we'll just be in town in an Airbnb. We'll get to spend some time with my in-laws. So it'll be like the families together and it'll be nice. But Clarence, I still want you to get your shot, even though I know you don't really listen to the podcast. If my mom is listening, my dad will be listening by default. So I'm in a really, really good mood. Oh, my song. Well, I will throw this out. Oh. oh, go ahead, Evie. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go, go, go. No, do your song, do your song, oh, and then I'll follow I'm, I'm torn because there's a song that has a great second verse that's beautiful, but the beginning's really depressing, but I wanted to do what Sharika's doing and stay in line with, like, oh, the holiday songs kind of thing, and there's a holiday song that says the best is yet to come, but like I said, it's by Ben Richter. Uh, only everything outside of the second verse is really depressing. So I'm going to hop over to Miley Cyrus. It's The Climb. Y'all, this song is so good. Shrika E.B., y'all know this song, right? Yes. Yes. First, second of all, Miley Cyrus can really sing. I know there's some antics, and I think I was too old to dive into the Hannah Montana era, but the girl has pipes, and we can't say that about everyone, even some of my favorites. They sing better than me, but Sharika will tell you, we recently had a karaoke session, <laughs> which I thought everyone sounded good, but when I went in the house, I was like, oh, we don't sound the way I thought we sounded, including myself. Um, but Miley Cyrus has an amazing voice, and in this song, she talks about like the struggles she faces, the chances she's taking sometimes might knock her down, but she's not breaking. She may not know it, but these are the moments she's going to remember most. There's always going to be another mountain. True. You're always going to get pat, want to get past the hardest things in your life quickly. True. But there's always going to be some form of an uphill battle, something you're trying to conquer or face. And sometimes you're not going to get what you want out of it. Sometimes you are going to lose, but it's not about how fast you get there. And it's not about necessarily what's waiting on the other side. It's that journey. It's that climb. And I'm speaking specifically about that, even with my family coming here. I love to be with my family. My family is close, but we're not the type of close. Like, I cannot see my family for a year, two years. We'd be fine. We talk on Snapchat. Like, we don't always have to be together. Um, but when we are, it's a great and wonderful time. And then when I think about this past year, because, okay, I started my new job in September but really, it feels like a full year now because December's the last month of the year. And I look about that and I think, look at that. I look at that and think about that transition. And I'm always like, it is so funny that I thought I was going to be there until I retired, like you guys. And every time in my life, something 
kind of was in the way of me getting to that goal, I'd be like, God, what's wrong with you? Like, you did you you know the plan? You told me the plan since I was a kid. Why are you effing things up? I need to get back in line. But God keeps just making a way for me. So I was in this job for a year. It's great. Got another opportunity that I never thought I would get. And it's not the opportunity I wanted. My um, community has this department called talent development. Anybody who knows me, you'll hear that word talent development. And you'll be like, Sabrina, that's right up your alley. And I'll be like, right, I know. But what happened with that was I ended up getting a mentor from that department. And shout out to my company because they're really good with their corporate mentor program. I feel like any organization, company, if you want it to grow, if you want your employees to feel supported, do something like that. Shout out to Sharika and HR. You can make it happen. <laughs> um, so anyway, but then this other thing became available and they kept reaching out to me. You guys, I didn't even want to do the application, but the recruiter was like, no, they know your background. I said, no, I've only done what they're wanting me to do in a nonprofit sector. And they were like, no, we want you. When I had the first interview, I was like, hey, so, you know, I've only done this with the nonprofit sector. And he said to me, I actually really love people who work for nonprofits because they know how to stretch a dollar and they usually know how to do the job of more than one person. So they're usually re really hard workers. And I was like, well, ain't that the truth? <laughs> Even mm -hmm. Sharika can tell you. So I'm like, okay, the things that I'm thinking are like, the things that somebody would see as a weakness and not my strength are the things that this person is seeing out of strength. Once again, it says senior corporate communications community invite, right? Right with the C-suite, which the C-suite is what you call like the CEO's office. So I'm like, do you want me up there? Do you know who I am? I'm the theater and the dance girl. I'm the Christian girl. You know, like, sure, I've done some things that I am like happy that turned out well in the past, but I don't know if I'm ready for that everything in my life the lord kept passing me through being like no you're ready this is the yes this is your next step y'all why am i starting the new job january 3rd with the same company which is great but it is so much more in line with who i am and it's funny because i asked god when i left my other job i said i don't want to do anything i love no one can pay me to do something i love i want something boring i don't i remember <laughs> i always joke about being telling my husband, I want to work for a cabinet company. I was looking at this cabinet company during the pandemic. I said, I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of this rat race. I want, I want something that's like mind numbing that I can shut off. And that was great. I needed that in that season. But now God is moving me on to a next season and I'm really excited. And I was like, God, I'm annoying. And I said that to my husband too, because after doing the thing I literally prayed for, which I prayed for a boring job. The Lord was like, no, you're not going to want to stay there. And he's right. I was like, man, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm missing excitement. So now I'm stepping into that. It'll be incredibly exciting. It'll be something incredibly new. I think my official title, even though it's a senior manager of corporate communications, is senior manager for internal, for enterprise internal experiences. I'm like, okay, I can vibe with that. So a lot of events, a lot of things to make the people in the C-suite, so like the vice president, the CEO, to make them look good and help them to connect with their employees in meaningful ways. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let go of old me, which was like, this is what I'm doing for 20 years because in the job I had now, I was like, okay, I like to latch on to something and just know, right? I think most of us do. I like to know what my next plan is, know what my next step is, and this is my future. But I'm like, you know what? 34-year-old Sabrina, I'm not that person anymore. 
what literally whatever the Lord says and wherever the Lord leads me. And we say that, but sometimes we don't mean it. I was very like to the point I couldn't pray you guys so mad at God when I left the thing I thought I was going to do forever because I just felt like he was messing up the plan and I had an attitude and all he had to do was A, B, and C and I wouldn't have left, but he had something different. I dare say something better. So that's where I am. I'm just on the climb. And I would say that's the best way to be um, on the climb, not only with that song, but just, I believe more so that climb of just being consistent and remaining in God's will. Cause like sometimes what people got to remember is when you're doing something or when you're in a position of like, I will speak in these specific terms, but maybe you're in a job in a specific role and you love your job and your job is going well more times than not. But if God sees you fit somewhere else, you have to just find ways to be consistent to that calling that he has on your life and be obedient to that. Um, even today, having a conversation with just one of our one of I guess I'll say ours, but one of my young adults that I try my best to mentor. Um, and he was just going back and forth with me of just things that God has been. He feels God has been laying on his heart and he's just showing me text messages between him and his mother of uh, mother just basically berating him for wanting to switch his major to something that he's more passionate about. And if you know this young man, you can see that he's not only passionate about it, but this is literally what he should be doing, so to speak, and not necessarily what mother wants him to do. And mom wants him to kind of follow in her footsteps. But I would say you got to do what God is telling you to do. And I would tell this to any person listening. And this is one of my phrases that I try to tell people in person to like in the best way, never compromise what God is telling you to do for the sake of man. Man will definitely leave you and God will never leave you. And I'll rather be, you know, stretch thin, so to speak, with God by my side than to be stretched thin with no one by my side. So that's what I got to say about your song and your words of wisdom that you have provided us with. Amen. And I, you, you heard it here on the podcast first, you guys. I'm always secretly wishing Edie and Sharika to come to the dark side in corporate America and join, join me. Oh, you ain't got to Oh, and I will say this to everybody else who listening. I have had countless conversations with Sabrina and others. So just, just so you know, I do not see myself being in this specific role forever. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, as she's about to be the senior manager of corporate communications, if you have a position opening or needing to be filled since you'll be in the best way, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, head to head with those in your C-suite. Let them know that you know of a another person who is of melanated skin. And <laughs> if they want to bring more diversity to their upper C-suite, that you know people who is more than capable and qualified. But I'll just throw that out there as well. So those of you who like listening, if you know somebody who offering something, hey, this is the time to reach out to me. I have said this on this podcast and I'll continue to say it. I am looking for something remote. There's a few jobs and a few people who listen to this podcast who have had job openings and they're like, hey, have you ever thought about this? But then when they don't have something remote, then it's just dead for me. So, yeah, if right now, if it ain't remote, then it's probably not going to happen. But I'm looking for something remote and I throw that out there. Um, I don't spoke to God with it about it. I don't spoke to my wife about it. And I don't heard it on the podcast. <laughs> I love Evie's over here soliciting for a job. Listen, he is not wrong, and I'm not mad at it because for real, for real, I, I know I ain't gonna be here forever. So, so you know what? If opportunity presents itself, I will get on that climb and be climbing somewhere else. 
But I was going to say that, that that song is very beautiful and it is very true. But also, I don't like the climb. I want to be on the other side. I want, <laughs> I want to be where I want. I was, I literally, y'all, I got on the scale today and I said, this is not good. But I was like, I just want to be on the other side of this. I don't want to have to, you know, eat healthy and work out and do the things you're supposed to do on the climb. I want to be on the other side. And I want to be where I want to be at a, the weight I want to be and at the health I want to be. But the climb is really, it is the journey. But what about the people that don't enjoy the journey? What about us? If you don't, well, you don't have to enjoy the journey. But if you don't take the journey, you're not going to learn the lessons you need on the other side. Even for myself, I think if I had been, even if I had majored in communications with that, I was telling God I was doing a Moses. Why me? I don't even have a communications major. And blah, blah, blah. These are the reasons that I just don't feel like I need to step into this. Like, it, even if I had majored in it when I was 22, I wouldn't have been ready then. And I don't know what new battles, because shout out to Molly. She did say there are going to be new battles. I can imagine now I have worked with leaders and people in positions of power who've been slightly annoying, but that is in a nonprofit, I dare say, Christian organization. And there is a level of like, okay, you know, calm downness. I don't know what it's going to be like in a publicly traded company, a fortune four company. Like I'm sure I'm about to encounter some wild stuff, especially when it comes to managing their events and managing all the events for the company. I'm sure there are going to be times that I'm like, like wow, did so-and-so just say this? Did so-and-so just do this? You know, not that I'm being negative, but I, all the things that happened to me in my twenties working for the nonprofit company, I work for um, just all of that prepared me for this. I know how to move in situations like that. I needed the climb. Mm -hmm. And anywhere you go, people going to be peopling. So, right. I know that's right. So, I, so it's not, it's not the uh, um, negative. It's just being realistic that, you know, there's nothing that's going to be a perfect and not going to always be a great time, but that doesn't mean that it's not the best place for you and you don't have, something to contribute and it's not where you're and it's and it's not that it's not where you're supposed to be because nowhere we're going to be as long as there's people and those people include us we're not perfect we're going to have to endure some you know times that are not the best but I, I in reality yes it is about the climb and I think for me I just want to learn how to enjoy the climb or just appreciate the climb instead of uh, um What's the word? Instead of begrudging the time, be like, you know what? There's lessons to learn here. And at the end of the day, it is for your good, the journey. But it ain't always fun. But that God didn't promise us that. So mm -hmm. I'm excited for you, friend. I'm excited to see and hear. Well, I probably won't see, but hear from you the exciting things that you're going to do in this new role. Because I I know the level of expertise and professionalism and excellence that you bring to everything that you do. And I know that this is not going to be anything less or short of amazing because you do amazing things and you're an art, you are an amazing person. So I'm excited to hear what this new journey is going to look like and what new things you get to do. And, and it's going to be exciting. 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your support. What's on the docket for today, friend? Well, I wanted to see how you guys' um, Thanksgiving were. I briefly talked to you guys here and there, but we, how was the festivities? How was the food? What What did y'all do? What was all the things? Tell us the things about Thanksgiving. I would say mine's is a little brief compared to what it sometimes is um, for a lot of other people in their festivities. But we basically chilled the morning of Thanksgiving and then we drove down to the in-laws and then just had a meal, stayed there about, let's say, three, four hours and then drove back home. Um, just and I say normal food, but it was just, you know, Haitian food, but rice, turkey, greens, Haitian macaroni. Um, that's all I had on my plate. Oh, then I had some ham. And, but that's all I had on my plate. And it was just a, a lot of other food that most people have on their normal, I won't say normal, at, at Black people Thanksgivings. <laughs> I'm glad you said Black people because there is a difference between the Thanksgiving cultures and plates. That it is. <laughs> but it was just a good time to be with the in-laws. It's always a good time to be with them. Oh, for sure. I told you I was going to head out of town, so I went up to Tallahassee. I don't know if that's up over wherever it is from here. Uh, a few hours away, got to see some really good family, friends that are like family, and my nieces and my nephew, and got to play with them and hold the baby and all that stuff. We, Thanksgiving morning, normally um, we do like a bigger breakfast and then we eat later. So that you and then like I always make a monkey bread and we usually pick on that like all day and until the food's ready and we watch the Macy's Day Parade, which I'm I I enjoy that little uh uh tradition. So we eat breakfast and and uh, I make I made a little casserole. My friend made a two uh breakfast quiches. I made monkey bread and then. So we're like making breakfast, eating breakfast, watching the parade. And it's a good time. Everyone's just hanging out and it's fun. And then we chill for a while and then start getting heating up and getting all this stuff and preparing the stuff for the dinner. Then we have a nice dinner and chill and watch movies. And that's pretty much what I did for the weekend. Hang out, watch movies, eat, eat and more eating. And it was it was it was nice and it was fun and it was a great time. I I love low key times like that. What was on your plate, friend? Oh, what was on my plate? Okay, my friend makes a great corn casserole. Love a good corn casserole. Mm. That's just been like it's only really since been in the past what five years or whatever since I've lived here, five six years that I've had corn casserole. I don't think I've ever had it before I moved to this area, and I know. Sabrina makes a corn casserole. Uh, shout out to our old uh, pastor, Abby. She made a, a good corn casserole. They This place that my work orders from, Hungry Harry, they make a great corn casserole. So I've, 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 I've been enjoying the corn casserole the past few years. Um, so shout out to the corn casserole. Has some ham, has some turkey. I love a gravy on the turkey. Uh, what else did I have? What else did I have? Oh, mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, what, oh, I see a lot of people don't like this, but I love cranberry sauce. So I had some cranberry sauce. People be not enjoying that. Oh, 
shout out to our friend Jan. She um last year she invited us to her Christmas party and she had a cranberry pie that Sabrina and I enjoyed thoroughly. So I asked her for the recipe and I made that this year. Um I think that's what I can remember. There was macaroni and cheese. Oh, there was greens. The greens were good. Um, what else was? Well, was there stuffing? I don't remember. I'm not a stuffing person. Oh, there was stuffing, but I'm not a stuffing person, so I didn't have any stuffing. Um, I think that was it. Not a stuffing person. What? No, I'm not a stuffing person. I want to also take this time to shout out or call out my parents, mainly my dad. Um, so my parents went to have Thanksgiving with my brother and his uh, lovely girlfriend. They had Thanksgiving together and my mom was telling me, okay, what they were going to have. I, I'm going to try to recount what, what I remember, but they had turkey, ham, they had curry chicken, they had oxtail, they had rice and peas, they had greens, they had macaroni and cheese, they had... I don't, I don't remember if there's anything else. That's what I can remember right now. My and and if you recall how many people I said, that was four people. And I said to my mom, "Yep, that was a meat per person. That is a lot." But you, if you know anything about my dad, he don't do anything halfway, especially when it comes to cooking good food. So shout out to them. I missed the family Thanksgiving meal, but also I was like, "Dang." That was on my family's Thanksgiving plate. I love it. Um, huh, where do I even begin? I already shared with you guys that, that my side of the family is coming for Christmas. So this year, I kind of felt a lot less concerned about my Thanksgiving traditions because I was like, when well, my family's here, we'll do that stuff. So usually every Thanksgiving, I make that corn casserole that Sharika's talking about. Because in second grade, we had a Thanksgiving project and I was assigned that. Never heard of it. My parents made it. It was so good. And then we've been having it every Thanksgiving since that second grade. So I didn't make that this year because my father-in-law's cousin's wife has a great corn dish that she makes. And she was already bringing that. And I was like, okay, this is the first difference that I see between the cultures and Please. Some of the things I'm going to share, it might not be politically correct, but you know, I have a love for all people. Also, I've done my research between my black friends and my white friends. Okay. Uh, I didn't have anybody of Latina or Spanish descent that I could ask about their Thanksgiving. So I found that on the white side of my family does not really do Thanksgiving in excess. There will be some leftovers, but if it was my family, the cousin would have brought the corn dish and I still would have had, to, we would have just had two corn dishes. So that was the first thing. Uh, my husband and I, we did uh, garlic, leek, potatoes, mashed, mashed potatoes, and we did macaroni and cheese, which in my family, mac and cheese is a standard for Thanksgiving. Sharika and Evie, is that a standard for you guys' Thanksgivings or no? Yes. yes, it is. Okay, thank you. Right, right. So I didn't realize it wasn't a standard for ooh, a lot of white people that I know. I had another white friend. I was asking her about her Thanksgiving. She showed me her plate and I was like, no mac and cheese. She's like, oh, we've never had mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. 
I was like, dot, dot, dot. And then Doug's cousin, Doug is my husband. If we have any new listeners, Doug's cousin came and we were their third Thanksgiving. And the cousin's girlfriend said, oh, this Thanksgiving has mac and cheese. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And I said to Doug, I was like, you know, probably because the other Thanksgivings didn't have any black people. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I just can't imagine Thanksgiving without like a baked mac or mac and cheese or something. So there was that, which I giggled about. And I was thankful that Doug actually brought up the mac and cheese because I wasn't going to, once again, I wasn't concerned about Thanksgiving. My family's coming. I know we're about to throw down. But Doug, like three days before Thanksgiving, he was like, my mom didn't mention mac and cheese. I'm guessing we should bring it. So I was like, sure, you know, let her know. We'll bring it too. So um, that was funny. But the funniest thing was when the turkey came out of the oven. Listen, Barb, if you're listening, you know it's nothing but love. And it wasn't me who came for Barb. Barb is my amazing mother-in-law. It was her mother. Because usually grandma makes a turkey. But I think I mentioned on the podcast, grandma hurt her hip. So she's still, you know, getting used to doing moving around like that. But grandma had her eye on the things. When that turkey came out the oven, grandma said, why is the turkey not brown? And you know how somebody will say something and everybody just keeps talking like they didn't hear it? About the fourth or fifth time grandma said it, my mother-in-law was like, it's fine. And I was wondering, Loki, I was wondering with grandma, is it fine? Should the turkey be brown? Grandma was basically like, I'm pretty sure it needs to be brown. I cooked it every year for all these years. It needs the seasonings and all that. I tasted the turkey. It was fine. But I found that to be hilarious. I was also just aghast that we didn't have cranberry sauce. Once again, if my family had not been coming, I would have just been ready on deck with the ocean spray can of cranberry sauce. One year, my mother-in-law homemade cranberry sauce. That was very good too. But it's just things like that that are so like, traditional and standard for me at Thanksgiving that, hey, I will never take for granted again. If I want something to be at the Thanksgiving, I'm going to bring it, <laughs> except for a brown turkey. I'll just have to rock with whatever turkey we get. Um, so those were like the little funny things about my Thanksgiving. And after that Thanksgiving day, I did start taking a poll between Black people I know and white people I know. It's like, what do y'all Thanksgiving plates look like? And you're right. Black people, we be bringing the mac and cheese and we be bringing a whole bunch of other unnecessary stuff. Spaghetti, ribs, seafood. It's oh, crazy. I was on a, so I'm in a virtual book club and I was, we do a call once a month and I was on the call after Thanksgiving and somebody talked about having spaghetti at their Thanksgiving and people were like, that's weird. And I thought, I never had, like, it was like a side dish. I'm like, yeah. I've had spaghetti. I, when my uncle Rex was alive, he was my favorite uncle. He died when I was like in ninth grade or so. When he was alive, Thanksgivings were, Sharika, we would have spaghetti and lasagna, rice at Thanksgiving with gravy, uh, sweet peas, green beans. Collard, like I didn't have any greens on my plate. Like I'm used to like a collard green or something like that. Cornbread, just ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of food. I missed the thing I did miss this sweet year was the sweet potato or candy yams or hot, whatever you call it. I love that. And not many people like, well, the people that I was with, they like one or two of them may eat it. And I was going to bring it. My husband told me I was doing too much. So I had to limit my things that I was doing because I was doing a breakfast casserole. I was doing two monkey breads. I was doing a uh, pie. And he was like, girl, that's enough. 
And I was like, okay, but I really wanted to do sweet potatoes too because I love a sweet potato or candied yams or whatever you call it. And so that was missing for my Thanksgiving. And oh, my family also did a plant, did plantain, and I was I missed that too. Love a plantain. I don't know why how plantain goes with Thanksgiving, but in my family it does. And but that's also where island people, so I guess I don't know what meal that plantain doesn't go with. So even in the mornings we have there's green banana. There's a plantain in a, involved in every in, in any or every meal. So yeah. That is crazy. I never heard of the spaghetti, though. Mm. The good times were had. I was playing the cornhole, and the family really is lovely. So it was a good Thanksgiving. So, Sabrina, is the spaghetti with meat sauce? Is it just with, with just red sauce? Like, or is it just the noodles? Oh, definitely, definitely meat sauce. And like you said, your family had a meat for every person. Girl, we would have, you know, the little shrimp platters with the cocktail sauce? We would have that going. It was just insane. <laughs> turkey and ham. Mm-hmm. We always have turkey and ham, too. Oh, you do? See, I'm used to just having turkey, uh, turkey and ham. Oh, we well, all have Yeah, after my Uncle Rex passed, because he was the type of uncle. Imagine if EB didn't mind letting people into his home or going to other people's houses alive. So <laughs> he was as social as EB, like just a lovable, like one of the best people. Everybody was your cousin and stuff, but then all those people would be there. And after he passed, it really, Thanksgiving suddenly got very small because the rest of us weren't having a whole bunch of, I shouldn't call them randos, but you know, randos. You just lit <laughs> your surroundings. <laughs> So yeah. you got a cousin like that. I got an older cousin like that, Thomas. He's in in the best way, the same way. Like even growing up, like that's one cousin. He hasn't passed away yet, but that would be one that would be a big blow to our family because of the amount of people that he just lets into his home. And then for him also, it's not just family. It's people who don't have family, people who have limited family, people who don't travel out. So you're like, who is that person? I know they're not related to me. I'm like, oh no, they just cool with Thomas. Or they this person or they cool with that person. And Thomas was like, it's cool for them to come through. And he's big on cooking and he's big on family time. I wouldn't say he's as social as me because he's more like, um, believe it or not, he's he's somewhat reserved, but he's just a big teddy bear, so to speak, with open arms. Yeah, he he different. I um, I can be that way like him. I was going to say something I don't even know, but I just, I, I, oh, I remember now. I was going to say, oh, Something I didn't do, which I normally like to do after Thanksgiving or Christmas when we have the ham. I love a fried ham in the morning for breakfast after Thanksgiving like that. I don't even really love the ham during the the Thanksgiving meal. It's okay, but I'd be wanting the ham because the next day I want to fry the ham for breakfast. The Christmas or Thanksgiving ham fried in the frying pan the next day is everything. But also, I do like the ham on a on a, a Hawaiian roll. The ham on Hawaiian roll is 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 legit. That's 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 how I like my ham. I don't want the plain ham by itself. It's either on a Hawaiian roll or fried up the next morning. So, that does sound good. It, oh man, I missed that this year. So guys, do y'all did you Black Friday shop? Did you run out there? Did you go to bed? Did you take a nap after your Thanksgiving meal to get to the stores at midnight, or was you home chilling or relaxing? Were you in the good in the Black Friday hype, definitely was not in the Black Friday hype this year. Did not do any shopping for 
for Black Friday, for whatever Saturday, Cyber Monday, none of that. Like my bank account stayed relatively intact. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have anybody to go get Christmas gifts for. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my nieces kept on bothering me, or I won't say bothering me. She was inquiring about books that she wanted. She, she was like, it didn't have to necessarily be for Christmas. It could also be for her birthday, but her birthday is the week before Christmas on the 18th of December. So um, got her some books, but that was through Amazon and it wasn't necessarily for Black Friday or Cyber Monday or any of that. I just, so one thing I try to do, and I think I mentioned that on the pod before, like for siblings or for nieces and nephews, you just kind of get like one good gift for your birthday. Hers wasn't the books. That was just a random gift. Um, but she'll get something for her birthday and that's about it. Um, she, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but she'll likely get a laptop that she wants because she's supposed to be doing dual enrollment in January after forcing her for the past year and a half. So for me and my wife to support her in this educational journey, um, getting her a laptop so she can be able to make sure she get her work knocked out when she needs to get it knocked out. I know. I was just thinking, where's my uncle (laughs) you Oh, I love it. That's great. But I love that she loves wanted books. I love that. She is like super, like, I, and I don't say this because I know some of my nieces and nephews do listen. Shout out to Tyree. Um, oh, at least one of my nephews. I don't know if my nieces do. They probably do, but I know one of my nephews do because he'll talk to me about the podcast from here and there. But I would say out of my 31 nieces and nephews, um, Andresa and Tyree are probably the smartest. And I'm saying smart as in book smart and intellectually books, book smart and street smart. Um, but I, Looking at all the ones I have, this sophomore Anna, she has the potential to probably be the smartest person in our family. Like, like she's literally just like a natural genius. And the stuff that I see her do with all realms of subjects or um, metrics when it comes to math and the way she kill pre-calculus, the way it comes to organic chemistry or regular chemistry or physical science, or the way it comes to her psych and social studies classes or American history. Like she's just super well-rounded. Like I was big on everything but math and science, but like she does all of these things literally in her sleep. And she's one of those kids. And I think we've all either know somebody that's like that, or you'd be like, what the heck? Like I'll go visit like my sister, my sister's house on like a Thursday, see her reading a book. She's like in the first few pages and then Friday or Saturday, go back and okay. she's already on another book. And I'd be like, can you do me a favor? Sabrina, you're not unmuted. Oh, thank you. Um, I just didn't know what she was going to tell her husband. So she probably would have told her husband some, something wow. And I don't want y'all going crazy on my girl. Um, but she's just extremely smart in the way that I see her pick up on stuff and read books like this. I'm just like, dang, like, you know, and I don't want to toot my own horn and be prideful, but I'm like, after my brother passed away, I didn't think it had potential for somebody in the family to be smarter than me, but look like it got somebody that's going to be smarter than me. And that kind of hurts me a little bit. You should be happy, Evie, because it doesn't take away from your smartness to just elevate everyone. Yeah, I'm, I naturally elevate people. It's just when somebody say, like when you can just go to a room and be like, I'm the smartest one here in our family. Like now, granted, <laughs> usually I don't like being the smartest person in the room because I love learning. I'm an avid learner, and I st- that. And also, I will say it doesn't mean you can't learn from people who are not intellectually um, more inclined than you, or even in the streets. Like you can learn from anybody. Um, but I, like when I do that, I can easily just go that go. Hey, I'm the smartest person in this room. And street smart, book smart, whatever you want to call it. But like, I feel like in a few years, like four or five years, I even think like her low twenties. I think she can come through and be like, yeah. Um, 
yeah, there. I'm the smartest person in the family now. Um, just because of how brilliant she is. And to the others of you, sh shaking my head. No, we're going to say to the others of you, you know, it's not too late. We're all, we can be lifelong learners. And, and we're all, if you're still alive, you have the opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah, that's true. But some of them, yeah, um, we just celebrated hope for Advent. Mm -hmm. And some of them, they need all the hope in the world because, yeah, they ain't there yet. <laughs> Listen, I need some hope in my life too. So uh, before we close our little sex segment, there's two things I wanted to do. One thing was, I wanted to ask you both, what is one thing you're looking forward to this Christmas season? Anything, anything in particular, anything special you do or anything you're just looking forward to doing or something exciting? What's one of the things you're excited about this Christmas season? I am looking forward to being with my family and I'm especially looking forward to taking my niece and nephew to Disney. I'm not a theme park person myself, but I just love seeing like kids get excited about things and they're still in that sweet age. One is four, one's about six or seven. Mm -hmm. So that'll be really great. I didn't get a chance to share about my Christmas shopping. So I'll share really quickly right oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since my family is coming, I didn't do gifts for them. The gift is our presents <laughs> together. And we're all adults. We all work. So it's like we need something, we get something. So uh, I'm excited that I'm done with that side of the family. And it was really easy to do my in-law side of the family. So for one, I was done with all of my Christmas shopping before December 1st. Wow. It's great. Oh my, I, I am envious of that because I have not bought a thing yet. And I have a, my family is not the family like your gift is your presence. Yes, we love your presence, but we also want a present. Well, that's not, I won't say that's true, but it like we, I, like my family would be like, we don't need anything, but yet we still be buying each other things. And then we'd be like, I don't know what to buy you, but we still be buying each other stuff. My mom is trying to get us away from that, but some of us can't let go. And I'll be one of the someone's, so it is partly, partly me too, but I only bought well, only thing I bought on Cyber Monday was some shelving that I wanted to have in my bedroom. I didn't buy anything, any gifts. It was just, I need this for my room. Oh, it's on sale and it's Cyber Monday. Okay, I'm purchasing that. That was all I got. And I was not out no, nowhere on the Black Friday. My friend was very sad because every Thanksgiving, she always goes out Thanksgiving morning and she gets the sales paper and the newspaper or the sales paper so she can look at all the sales and see what she wants. She was so devastated this year because she went to several different locations and could not find a sales paper so I did feel bad for her she was like for, for 30 something 40 or however many years she was like I always go get the paper and there was not a paper to be found so I did feel bad for that but I don't really care about going anywhere or really buying anything I don't like crowds I don't want to be part of the foolishness so I was we were home and chilling with our friends so every week before the month of December I'm going to ask five little Christmas trivia questions and just have fun, see what you guys know. And, and so I have a few, five today. Uh, okay, these are like Christmas trivia. So it's like, it could be from a song, it could be from a movie, it could just be about the holiday itself. It could be, it's just random Christmas stuff. Okay, so me being Sabrina, what did the other reindeers not let Rudolph do because his nose, because his shiny red nose? Be a part of the sleigh crew, like they didn't wait. He couldn't play reindeer games. Yes, that is right. He was not. He did not. But that was in the song. <laughs> yep, it was, it was from the song. He did not join in any of the reindeer games. All right, in the in the movie A Christmas Carol, you know the one. This is the one with the Scrooge and and um Tiny Tim. How many ghosts show up? 
three. Past, no. Yeah, past, present, future. I feel like this is a trick trick question because I want to say only three ghosts as well. It is sort of a Christmas. It is sort of a um trick. It is four because remember his friend that died, the guy that died, the other one that was his um his partner, Marley. He so it was a ghost of the present. It was the ghost of Christmas past, present, and uh, the future. But then it was also his friend. Marley, I think, was his name. He was also a ghost, so it was four ghosts. Okay, uh, Evie, you should. We we watched a little clip from this movie yesterday, so you should be uh, ready for this. In the movie Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Street, which by the way I've never seen that movie, is based on a real life department store. What is the department store? Were they Macy's or were they J.C. Penney? You, you, Penney. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say cast your vote and then I'll let you bring it to your vote. But I was going to say the same thing. What do you want to go with, Evie? I don't know why that tickles me, but it does. It tickled me too because I was like, I've never heard a movie about Jamie. <laughs> me either. <laughs> But why not? Why not? Why not? I love a JC Penny though, for real. Me too. I rock with it. it I, and it was well less expensive than Macy's because Macy's was high. I like JC Penny. Um, Evie, which one are you going with? Oh, I said Macy's or JC Penny, but I would go with Macy's if I got to pick one because that's the most popular store. Sabrina, did you have of the two? So you probably ain't doing one. Yeah, I'm going to say set in New York. I'm going to go with Macy's. Yep, it is Macy's. All right. Um, what are two most popular names for Santa Claus? Like, other than Santa, what are the other two popular names for Santa Claus? St. Nicholas. That's and one. Chris, Chris Kringle. Yep, that's the other one. And uh, there, this is our last one, and this is a pretty easy one. Elvis isn't going to have a white Christmas. He's going to have a... <laughs> I don't know that. Aww. I don't know nobody. Blue. <laughs> he's gonna have a blue Christmas. I don't know. Yes, he's gonna have a blue Christmas. He was sad even during Christmas, and he was not. He was gonna have a blue Christmas without without his honey bunny. Mm-hmm. So cute. Outside, he stole people' music. <laughs> Actually, well, oh my gosh, we need to talk about that in depth another day. Uh, but for today, I, mean, I stole I the black have- man music. I know that much. <laughs> Look, he grew up in a neighborhood where black people are actually the majority and he grew up going to a black church. So for him, that style was what he knew. And I think often in our culture, when someone doesn't look like us, emulates us, we it's celebrated versus when we're just doing our own thing and versus when we do things that are somebody might say is more typical of a white community. We see this all the time with white rappers and we're like, oh, you know, will lift them up. But then with black country singers, they talk about how it's such a struggle. The only one I really know of is, oh, what's his name? Ah, uh, Darius? Oh. No, I was talking about, I, I was talking about black country singers. I can name a lot of white rappers because we are open to other people, you know, in our community, but vice versa is not always the same. That's the heart of what I'm saying because name some black country singers. I know of that black guy and he's good. Darius Rucker, I think, is his name. And, and they, they do have a, a a few more coming. There's like a, one or two black women, and then there's this other guy, some Jimmy Allen, and I only knew him because he was long. Anyway, 
he's a, a a recent, but it's only like in the recent days. Country music you know, has been around forever. We've been in the country since forever. So anyway, I actually really love country music. I said all that because the whole Elvis thing. I'm not saying he didn't steal anything. I guess I just didn't know he grew up around black people until I saw the movie. And for him, he and his personal life was always very much open about that and really respected what we brought to the music and arts field. It so. was, I was listening to some radio, radio program very recently, and I don't know what. I think it might have been something my husband was. I don't know. But they were talking about this and with Elvis. And you need to Google Ray Charles's interview about Elvis because it's hilarious. But there was this black man. I don't know what he was. He wasn't as popular. But he had the exact sound that Elvis like does. And he even sang one of the songs. And that, I think that's definitely what people so yeah, I would say for me, I think it was Lil, um, Lil Walter. But the, for me, it's not necessarily about the mimicking or saluting or applauding a genre or art, the art form because talent is talent and you can't, in the best way, you can't deny talent. I know people have their opinions on what they would consider talent or not, but for the most part, when people get to make an impact, that's what it is. But for me, I think it was like a few songs and it might even be like four or five songs that like verbatim lyrics for lyrics were like the same. And now granted, I know in some parts of music like I even think about like singing or contemporary or Christian music like anybody can do a voiceover or a cover and nobody in the best way says anything um but at this time this person wasn't Elvis I say this person Elvis wasn't crediting this individual of like saying hey I'm doing I'm doing Sabrina's song like this Sabrina words or lyrics like he was passing it on as his own um when oh, he was wow. on tour and stuff like that and so that's more so but we can definitely talk about it another day but I know Sabrina you got to Close us out with what you're doing for the month of December for us. <laughs> well, this is an awkward transition. <laughs> and y'all know I am all about our people. I truly am. If you guys ever met my mother, you know, there's no way I couldn't be. I have pictures of myself in kindergarten at protests and stuff, civil rights movement. She's just always been on that black pride all day, every day. That being said, there is a line, people. I'm not, I'm not here for black Santa. I'm just going to say that I know it's a spicy take and people are going to try to take my black card, which you can't because I was born with it. The Lord <laughs> embedded it in me. I can do whatever I want and you can't take my black card. I'm going to be black to the day I die. That being said, here's my thing about black Santa. Where are we going to draw the line? I grew up with black Jesus. No, come on. I've heard it like black Jesus. White, but the black Jesus I grew up with in my house, y'all, he had abs. And most black people know what I'm talking about. The one with the dreads and the abs. <laughs> He's actually really fine. <laughs> I should put a picture of him on our Instagram. But it's just like, okay, Sa Santa Claus is based on a real person who was from one of the Caucasus places of like all time. He was based on a white man. Now, how would we feel if people were like, oh, Michael Jordan, the best, Jordan, da-da-da. We need a Latino one. We need an Asian one. We need a white Michael Jordan. It would just be like, okay, but also Michael Jordan is a black man. <laughs> I'm seeing it everywhere and I like like, okay, we need more diversity and inclusion. And I'm not going to lie. Did my mom have black Santa stuff? Sure. If I have a kid, might I have a black Santa thing or two? Why not? But in my heart, I'm like, okay, people, what's next? What's, what are we doing next? How do y'all feel? Are y'all for the Black Santas or just like, this is actually a real person, so we can't just be like, okay, well, they're also Black. 
So my life is different from other people in Santa. Um, I am for parents telling them that they got them gifts. That's what I'm for. Or whoever got a gift, um, you got it and say you got it. I'm not here to be the dream killer and tell kids that Santa don't exist. But I would just want them to know. I would want them to know the truth. Cause, and I only say that not in a way of like, hey, this, that, and the third. Because we can go on a whole theological discussion of why this isn't it. But that's not what I'm on right now. I'm just... I, I, I would say, yes, I'm for I'm for the black one, for the white one, for the Hispanic one, I'm for the Asian one, I'm for whatever that you're doing. But I would say to make an emphasis that those gifts came from whoever they came from. And I only say that because for me, EB, if I'm giving my sister a gift for one of my nieces or nephews or one of my brothers a gift for one of my nieces or nephews and they wrap it up and be like, look what Santa gave you. Absolutely not. That's what your uncle EB gave you. Like you done lost your mind thinking that like you can do that with your own gifts, but don't sit here and make it seem like Santa came off his slate with his reindeers and dropped 20 toys off for this one little kid. No, you better say he dropped 19 off the one of them came from EB. So that's the only thing I'm here for. Now, I will say this, that some of these people be looking crazy in these Santa outfits and or the way just the way they be looking. Um, Parents, y'all can do whatever y'all want because they're your kids, but stop letting your, your kids sit in strangers laps. Like that, that part never get like, let them just post up next to Santa. If you want a picture with Santa, like they can stand right next to him. You can hold them like it can be that way, but it don't have to be. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm just, I'm gonna leave it at that. So yes, I'm for it. I'll just say that, I guess. I have never really thought too much about black Santa or any other color Santa. I can definitely see your point, Sabrina, but I guess I don't really care if Santa's black or white. No, I never really, I never really thought about it, but I do understand. Like this, if the man really wasn't white, that is kind of rude. I mean, if the man really was white, it's kind of rude to be like, yeah, but we also want a black one because that's not representative of that man. But I guess in the Christmas spirit of it all, I'm okay with you know people having the imagination to have whatever. Well, because also the real sense that he wasn't well, Saint Nicholas. He wasn't jolly. I don't know if he was where he had his red cheek or uh, red. Oh, true. I don't Fair. know. Or he could have been in some sweatpants. Well, probably not back in those days. Maybe a, a whatever. I don't know what he wore, but I think the news, the, what we look at as Santa now, is probably a far cry from whoever this real, the old thing. Like, I know he used to put oranges and people's stockings that they hung out. And he really was trying to help a little poor um, or orphan children with little treats. Christmas Day. So I think his spirit is in the Santa that we see today. But I don't think it's a real depiction of him. So in that spirit, I'm okay with Santa being whatever. But I really, I don't see the Black Santa as the real Santa. I would be like the real Santa. Like, like, and you're like, oh, here's Santa. He's like, I'm like, he's a poor imitation of the real man. But I will say I'm with E.B. on no Santa. And I, these gifts came from me. I don't care about no real Santa. <laughs> Santa, but the Santa with the jolly red nose and all that, whatever, that guy, not in my house. Love it. Evie, what are you expounding on today? I'm not going to kill y'all with a long essay or a long story or dialogue. Um, I know there's a lot of people, you're maybe thinking, how do you close out this year on a high note? How do you go into January um, doing what you probably don't necessarily love to do or even like to do, but you're like, you got to 
you know, secure the bag by any means necessary. So this job is not virtual, so I can't apply for it. Um, but if I lived in this area, just because I know people deal with this all the time, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I had to deal with this as a kid and as a, I would say as a kid and as a teenager um, growing up in Inwood or whatever, or in Winter Haven. But New York City is looking for a rat Cesar with a salary as high as $170,000. Now, I know New York is an expensive place to live. So, like, for some people, it's like, I, that ain't enough money for me to relocate to New York. But I'm just thinking of how many people already got to deal with rats. They got them in their house. They got them in their apartment complex. They got them in their project buildings. They got them in their high rises. Like, they see it when they're walking down the street. Um, they are surrounded by them, so to speak. But the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, is looking for a leader in the city's war on rats. According to a job posting, he's looking for the right candidate who will be committed to wholesale slaughter of rodents um, and can get a salary in between 120 and 170. So if you know somebody who's staying in New York and they're living and working paycheck to paycheck and they're trying to figure it out um, or they just want something new, that's a crazy job that I couldn't necessarily do because again, it's not remote, it's not virtual, but I just saw that. And I'm like, that's crazy that that's the target that they're doing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like in my head and I'm not saying to do this to those who are residentially um, displaced or residentially challenged or those that are homeless. But I'm like, if you got money for this, not saying New York is not helping homelessness, but like, what would it look like of just grabbing a group of three or four guys and saying, hey, we'll put you up in this government housing, so to speak, for free. And we just need you to knock out this borough and see how successful those guys are. And just, I don't know, work with people that you already have instead of looking for whatever the right candidate is. Like in my head, I'm like, how many rats does a person got to kill to get that 170? Like, you know, what does wholesale slaughter even look like? But it's just some crazy stuff that's going on in this world. And then another thing that I want you guys to look up, I'm not going to do a deep dive on it because I have to do more research on it. But Rhode Island is um, either voting or have just approved one or the other reparations for those of African descent. Um, the state has something to do with slavery back in the day. And somebody either won a claim or they're fighting a claim for that, which is wild for me. And I was just like, this is crazy. So that took me down a rabbit hole of looking at, has this ever happened before? And in Evanston, Illinois, um, the city of Evanston, Illinois have secured or in their budget $10 million for reparations, um, if I'm not mistaken, every year to look out for families. Their first payment happened in 2021, where they identified 16 families who were part of that specific city. Um, growing through slavery or whatever, 16 families. Now, this is the wild part um, where they gave those 16 residents or 16 family members, whatever it was, 25,000 for home repairs. Now, in my head, I'm like, that's wild that they're even doing this. Now, the other part of me is like, I would have said, thank you, but no, thank you. With that 25,000, like my family is worth more than that. Or, nah, I don't need home repair. Like, I need a whole plot or something, or I need all of this land or that plantation that they were on. I need all of that. Like, give me that whole property for the free, no taxes, like treat me like some of the other tribes or other indigenous individuals who have privileges, I would say, where it's recognized in a different way on this land where I don't have to pay property taxes for the rest of my life or this property will never be ch charged or it can't ever be seized or it can't ever be built on, like something along those lines. But I don't know all the ins and out of that. So I would just say start looking at where places or identify places that have 
already had reparations happen in this country. Again, just mind blowing. Shout out to Rhode Island for pursuing it in that way. And shout out for Evanston, Illinois, for already making payments um, to people for that. Still, wild. I probably wouldn't have did it in that way. But the fact that those conversations are happening and some stuff are being done is a salute from me. That's all I got. Oh, no, that's right. And shout out to all of our people who growing up would be like, I'm not really black. I'm this. I'm mixed with this. Remember that when we get our reparations and you don't get that same percentage <laughs> you were claiming to be. Mm-hmm. I saw an, an episode of Atlanta that was kind of about this. And I thought this is so outlandish. But in the episode, people like if you're John Smith and you work at this company and you're white and let's say you make 50 $500 million a year, whatever, then the person could sue you and be like, your ancestors, you know, had mine in slavery. So you owe me at least half of that. And they were winning. And the episode was just about like how the, the white people were reacting wild. Very much so. Um, that is, I Listen, if it was either 25000 in home repairs or nothing, I would take the home repairs over nothing. But now if we have options of getting more, okay, then, then we can talk. But I don't know if they're, are they up for negotiations? Who knows? Probably not, because it's probably one of those joint settlements, everybody together. But what are we recommending for the people? What y'all got for the people? I have something great for the people. I just saw this movie the other day, and it has a black Santa in it. He is front and center. It's hilarious. But they are so on the nose about it. He's like, yeah, this is a mall that's in a predominantly black neighborhood. Actually, this is a black mall. So of course, we're going to have a black Santa. And I love that energy. His name is Santo Charles. And he's been a mall Santa for years and years and years. But he's deciding to retire from his career as a mall Santa. So he does a series of interviews to replace him. And it is just hilarious, heartwarming, chaotic. There's a lot of like jokes and nods to the culture in it. And it's on Hulu. So check out Santa Games on Hulu. And it is family friendly. So you can watch this with kids, with grandma, with everybody. Um, my recommend is also a Christmas movie. I saw it during um, the Thanksgiving weekend. It's on Netflix. It's called Falling for Christmas. Shout out to Lindsay Lohan making a comeback. I don't know where she's been, but she's back. And uh, it was a cute little movie. My recommendation is also a Christmas movie. Um, I know for some people, they probably look like, I am finding a way to cancel um, this individual and people be having... I guess you could say their own thought processes on how people feel when people, I don't know, I guess you could say make mistakes, so to speak. Um, But for me, didn't necessarily get canceled because things happen and I try my best not to reduce people to their worst moment. But I have a lovely movie for you guys from the one, the only Dolly Parton. She is on Netflix or it's on Netflix, and it is a Christmas movie. I'm trying to get the title real quick. I want to say it's Christmas on the Square, but don't quote me on that. Yes, Christmas on the Square. So you can check out Dolly Parton. And maybe for those of you who love having people over, but you don't necessarily like hosting people over, you're just like, they just want to come over. They ask. You just have that plan and then keep doing your own thing in the background um, and just have them watching the movie. Because typically when movies, not everybody, every family is not like this, but some families, when movies are on, people kind of like just be quiet or it's limited conversation because it's always that one or two people, one or two person or two or three people who really want to watch the movie. So if you have those spaces, especially when you got like people you don't really vibe with like that over, that's a great thing to do. Put it on a movie and just let the conversation be 
um, none to little, so to speak, or little to none. So that's all I got. Anything else you want to close out with the people? What happened to Dolly Parton? What did, why don't we like her? Why, why was people trying to cancel her? I know. I never heard of that. Either. It was a social media thing. It was like one of those. I want to say it was around uh, maybe 2020. And I don't know if it was a song lyric that she was um, on Instagram live saying, um, or if it was, it was something she had said. I just don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, I gotta research, because I like Dolly. I, I don't know what she's done, but I, I don't want to claim it, stick beside her, but I'll, I'll check out what she did. But I am looking forward to the little movie. But that's all I do have. There we go. All right. As always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you hit it with an uppercut. No, I'm just fine. Make sure you kick back. Until next time.